Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of MAFS. It is season 17, episode 18. Hi, Aid, how are you? We're we're making it, you know? How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. We're getting to the end of the season. It's feeling like that. Really? You, know, you know, I was just thinking that it doesn't feel like the end of the season. I'm like, we're really on episode 18? Like, maybe, I think it's because this season is better. That's the only conclusion I can come to. Yeah. It is better. It just suffers for not having enough couples. So now they have to stretch everything and everything is about Chloe and Michael. A lot of Emily and Brennan's scenes were selfie cams. And then they had like one or two scenes and all that. And then they have to shoehorn. There's nothing else left for Lauren and Orion. So now we have Cameron. (laughs) And Cameron, you know, got medical clearance or something. But I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But um let's update the people with some housekeeping that we have for them all right guys i'm going on vacation i'm not traveling for work i am going on actual vacation which has nothing to do with you guys except for because i'm going on vacation next week there will be a special guest a very special guest um (laughs) who will uh be with tane and i am looking forward to hearing this episode and you guys should too (laughs) Can't wait. And I'm looking forward to you having an actual vacation, you know? Oh, the beach. Sun the pool. Sand. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking to the beach of the pool, uh, we will have, because they just came back, um, but we will have Love is Blind on Patreon very soon. The, the next batch of episodes that dropped most recently, we will be covering it on Patreon. Go check it out. And while we're on the topic of Patreon, we would like to remind you of our tiers. So at the $3 a month level, you get ad-free regular episodes. At the $5 a month level, you get bonus episodes like our coverage of Love is Blind, After Party, and all the other fun stuff we do over there. Um, At the $10 level, you get early access episodes most of the time, 
regular episodes and bonus episodes. So those are our, our tiers. We actually have a $50 tier, but to be honest, none of you have joined it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whoever wants to be the first, there are perks there too. Um, but those are our tiers. We don't want anybody to be disappointed signing up at $3 level saying, where are my bonus episodes? Or signing up at the $5 level and saying, where are my regular episodes? Um, you, you, that's, those are the tiers. So go in there and just find whatever suits you and enjoy the bonus episodes. And we hope you enjoy them as much as we enjoy recording them. So, Tane, in the like two days since we made an episode, is, have, has anybody from the previous seasons done anything worth talking about? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I will be remiss not to lead with this, guys. I know you've been waiting for this. The big announcement that Jamie had is that she's pregnant with baby number three. What? (laughs) (laughs) I actually thought it was too obvious and it wasn't going to be that. But you know what? It is that. I'm happy for her. Like, she's been wanting this for so long. It's been three years. I wish her all the good juju and wish her a happy and safe and healthy pregnancy. Congratulations to them. I'm stupendously happy. I really am. I'm cheesing so hard right now because I just, I'm, I'm going to be very honest. I'm happy for Jamie and Doug and their whole family that they're going to have a beautiful baby, best wishes. And I'm happy for all of us that we don't got to hear about her trying to get pregnant no more. Okay. Well, it's just going to shift, though. She's just going to document every single thing. And really, you know what? The woman embraces her brand. She said it outright. She's like, we share everything with you. So, you know, you're going to see. They've resurrected their podcast. So for those of you who enjoy listening to their podcast, I'm sorry. I don't remember what it's called. Cool Moms or something like that. Um, That's back up. So you can go listen to episodes. Their YouTube is also on there. That's where she actually posted the announcement first on YouTube before... She did it on Instagram. On Instagram, she did that thing where it's like, DM her if you want to find out the news and I'll send it to you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But anyways, congratulations to them. Um, And the only other news I have is that Ben from the San Diego season, he said that he will not respond to DMs about maths. He will only respond about fitness. And he also shared with us that he has signed with Muse Management which I looked up and it's a modeling agency. So congratulations to Ben. He's going to be what I think is a full-time model. I mean, it's quite rich to say I'm not going to respond to questions about the only reason why any of you people know who I am anyway. (laughs) He's closing that chapter in his life. It's a springboard and he'd rather not (laughs) think about that. But yeah, that's all I got. So um, we talked a little bit earlier about it, but you know, How did you feel in general about the episode? I just, it's okay. It's all right. It just feels like, wow, we're really getting towards the end. It doesn't feel like it. Um, I feel like things are still happening. Dramatic things, actually. So uh, maybe that's just the preview faking me out. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. As far as this episode, it was okay. It doesn't feel like filler. But um, we were talking right before we recorded. You said something about maybe watching Love is Blind in tandem with it. Does that affect your viewing enjoyment of it? Or It's just crazy how quickly things happen on Love is Blind and how slowly the same things happen on Maths. Because the shows are very parallel. They have many similarities. But everything is like so quick on Love is Blind and so slow here. Yeah. 
That is the argument everyone should present for binging against week-to-week watching. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We will take a break and then come back and dive right into the episode. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work. Up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming, and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in AltoCall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AltoCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their ginger lime mule, and Grapefruit Paloma, which happens to be my favorites, you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much, so Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. And we're back. So we start with the only couple who gets like 75% of airtime, which is Chloe and Michael. They're back home from the, I put air quotes, couples retreat. And they're going over all the things that they have to do, get situated with their pets. And Chloe says they have had a whirlwind and now they're back to reality. And they have so much they need to learn about each other, but she is exhausted. Chloe says her dog is so old and is so needy. So she wants to take the pups and spend the next few days with them. She's telling Michael this to his face, not us in a confessional. 
She says everything has been go, 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 and there's not been time to process. And she's this deeply introverted person. Play a drinking game because we hear this a lot throughout the episode that she's a deeply introverted person who needs time to feel and listen to her own needs. And you know what my next question is, guys? Why did you sign up for this show? I, I just, <laughs> you know, I say this all the time. If it takes you a while to open up, if you know that looks matter to you, if you know that you're a deeply introverted person who needs their own space, why would you sign up for a show where you're not only getting used to your husband, but you have to film? Like, it's a contract. So, I don't know. Um, I almost this feel like Chloe makes the case that if you describe yourself as deeply introverted, perhaps you shouldn't be married. know see i have this philosophy every time that i have been in love and like or whatever and something I, I like to consider myself introverted not to the extent of chloe but when you're in like or in love with somebody you just can't get enough of them and this is the beginning of it you just want to be around them all the time but i don't want to speak for everybody maybe it's just me i i, I don't know so i never can quite relate to that like i think like as much as I like to spend my time, all the people that I really liked, I just want to always be around them. So that's where I stand on that. <laughs> I agree with you. I feel like introversion or not, like if you need a break from your person this early in the game, are they your person? And then I think, does she need a break from him or does she need a break from the entire camera crew and production that goes along with their relationship at this time? I'm looking for any signs of hope here. Exactly. And, and I know in this case, I think it's valid because I mean, it's not just that. And I always try to give them grace because they're marrying a stranger. I think it's very easy to forget that because we're watching them on TV, but also the constant questions, the constant filming. I don't know how many takes or how many times they have to say things that has to be exhausting. So we're seeing only two people on the screen, but there might be the crew people and all of that people. So that might be exhausting. So I think it's valid to have hope there and give her grace. I do want to say, I didn't want to forget. Unmarried at First Sight Australia. They have a gay couple, um, two men, and before they could walk down the aisle, the person dropped out. Similar to, well, not similar to what happened to Michael. Michael actually saw his bride and she said, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't do this. But <laughs> this guy just didn't show up at all. And then they matched him with somebody else. And then they had a later wedding, kind of like Michael and Chloe. When he found out, he told him at the wedding, like, hey, I was matched with someone and it didn't work out. And, you know, you're my second person. He did not take it the way Chloe did. He was highly offended. He figured out, he was just like, that means that, is this even really true? Is this even like genuine? Because he feels like it could have been anybody and it doesn't really matter and it's not special. And I found that interesting because I'm like, should we be giving Chloe more props for taking it in stride? Like, should she feel any type of way? If she wanted to feel any type of way, I don't think we would begrudge her for it. I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think about it that way. I just thought, I mean, it didn't work out. And then you matched with someone and they called you. I didn't really think deeply into it. I think she mentioned that if she had known before the process that she would have questioned it. Mm -hmm. But I also didn't put any thought to that. I just thought, you know, you match some, you win some. It doesn't mean you're second best. I don't know. 
but I just wanted to bring that up, like two different reactions to a kind of similar situation. I mean, he got over it, but yeah. Okay. So Michael is very surprised that Chloe wants to go to her own apartment because realistically, if it was an actual marriage, you can't take a break. But like we said, maybe it's the filming and not actually Michael. We hope. But he wants the best for her, but he wonders if it's that she doesn't want to spend time with him. And I don't know if they chose this shot in particular, but Michael does look like a wounded puppy when she's saying all this to him. She very much wanted him to co-sign. Like, this is as much for you as it is for me. And I'm like, if you need to take your time, you you don't need to make him be... He doesn't have to be as good with it as you are. Yeah. Yeah, she kept saying, oh, you could use it too. Did he say that? No, don't speak for him. So Chloe said she has given a lot of thought on whether this was the right thing to do because here is a man that is everything she ever wanted and what is it that wants her to take a break? Like I said, I don't, I keep saying, I don't know where Chloe stands, but I don't feel bad because it doesn't look like Chloe knows where she stands either. So when she leaves, I noted that she left without giving him a kiss, but again, could be editing, but I was just like, oh no, like you, I guess we're just looking for hope. (laughs) Any sign (laughs) that everything's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we move on to Becca and Austin. Becca is at her apartment. This is a selfie cam. And she says that they were at the Wolf Sanctuary, which was how we ended the episode last week. And he was trying to buy stuff. And when she tried to help him open the bag, he started mumbling under his breath, apparently something that he does often. Um, But it also reminded me of, remember in the beginning of the season, where she was very heavy on the mom energy? Like even at their wedding, she was trying to wipe his nose or something and trying to stop this. And we're like, all right, girl, stop. But um, on the hour and a half ride home, there were more miscommunications because, you know, is it Becca and Austin if they're not keeping things vague? Because what is the miscommunication? What happened? And that he admitted that this last week he had been questioning if they would work. She says it's hurtful because she doesn't know why he didn't bring it up before. She thinks that they need help because it is not going well. Any thoughts on that whole story narration before I get into his side. (laughs) The whole time you're listening to the story, you're waiting for what actually happened and it doesn't come. And this is not the first time. This is where we could have used Keisha because on after party, Austin was like, something happened. Then we have Keisha's like, okay, what happened? We still don't know. So um, we see them on the couch He's trying to be friendly with her. Do you want me to snuggle behind? She's like, no, I need my own space. That's how you know shit is real. So Austin um, says that a lot of their issues are snowballing. They did not get one expert. They got two. Dr. Pepper and Pascal are here to save the day. In person. (laughs) In person, yes. Becca says that they are having a hard time because their communication has been going downhill and neither of them feel heard. She says that she's been having a more difficult time. Um, at this point, she's in tears. Dr. Pepper asks for examples. She mentions the Wolf Center or Sanctuary or whatever it was. And she tells, she tells the story again. And Austin is like, yeah, I have a different perspective on that. His side of the story is that they had stuff. 
They asked if they needed a bag. She said, no, we don't need a bag. They had a previous bag and they were trying to stuff thing in there. And he's like, it just seemed so scattered to him. And he just feels like she tried to micromanage him. And he feels like that happens and he gets pushed to the side. I, I, I feel like they just brushed over that because... Um, Becca just says, well, there's a level of dismissiveness and combativeness and it makes her shut down. And then the shutdown is the problem. Then the shutdown becomes the problem. Not exactly what he did. And they just didn't address the micromanaging or be pushed to the side. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, (laughs) you asked for an example. But then she continues and Becca's like, all these fights are days and nights of rejection, that rejection by deep conversations, rejections when she tries to flirt and she gets swatted at and she gets laughed at and it's so hard. And Pascal interjects because all they want is for all of this to go away. And Pascal is like, can I interject? Because this is fixable. Even Austin is like, (laughs) it is? Yes, it is. <laughs> Can we go over all the parts of that that don't sound very fixable? Please, please. <laughs> I, at this point, we've spent a lot of time talking about, oh, they're not having sex, but everything else seems fine, except for him thinking she's going to hell. Austin does not, he's the worst type of man, I must say, because he won't straight out say that he wants nothing to do with Becca. So there's the poor girl is so confused because he's in and he's out and he's in and he's out and he's starting unnecessary fights to separate them. Oh, but then later on, he's back in again. I feel so sorry for her. And you know, that old, what is it called? Age old saying, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them at the honeymoon. I don't want to get deep. I don't want to talk about stuff. I just want to avoid stuff because if you know me, you might. What was it he said that we kept saying, what does that mean? You might run away or I don't want to scare you away. I mean, we still don't know what it means, but it just seems like he was giving us hints and signs back then. He's the same person. I He's still avoidant. I get it that he's always the one who still asks, do you want to talk about it? But when they talk about it, he says the same thing. I could insert the sky's blue. The world is going to end tomorrow. And I know what Austin is going to say. I'm still committed to trying. I would like for us to try because I still have hope and I'm committed. So it doesn't really matter. He has his words down pat and they're not solving anything. Um, Pastor Cal um, asked Becca like earlier, you said that there's some things that you don't say because you don't want to rock the boat. Like, what is it that you don't want to say? And she said, it often feels like when the camera is away, he is not asking for the depth or the intimacy. Like I said, there was no depth in the honeymoon and there was no intimacy. So he showed you who he was. He says, oh, <laughs> I forgot he said this, but he says he's committed to figuring things out. <laughs> and then Dr. <laughs> And then Dr. Pepper says, like, you know, the thing that's the silver lining is like you are fighting for the relationship, but you seem to be discouraged right now. Becca says, yeah, I don't see where he's fighting. Like, she was calling them out. Like, we're not just going to smooth things under the rug today. (laughs) And she, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I enjoyed her realness. I I think she's done a great job up until now. And today, I really feel like she tried to call some stuff out. Mm -hmm. 
as she should, because I think the best place for her to express everything without fear of, you know, the dismissiveness she said and the combativeness is not with one expert, but with two. So you can mediate also. So she says that she doesn't feel like he is fighting for the relationship and it's different off camera. And she doesn't know how to explain it because she's beginning to think she's crazy. Dr. Pepper tells him that this is um, Austin. If a woman doesn't feel sexually desired, it will be corrosive to the relationship. Um, Becca brings up Friday night. I mean, Friday night is going to be an infamy. Like if they ever have like a, a, what they call it, a history museum for maths, we need to have one that's a calendar that's just marked Friday night. Because we heard so much about that. Oh, no, you have to build an exact replica of this famous bedroom. That's what you got to (laughs) do. So she breaks up Friday night. And this man, last week, he mentioned that he had open mouth kissed a donkey. This week, in the midst of everything going on and his wife crying, he's like, I mean, I was so excited to sleep in a football player's bedroom. And uh, everyone looks at him like, huh? Do you not see <laughs> what the problem is? Pastor Cal acts like he doesn't get, like, briefs every day. Was there alcohol involved? Like, sir, we know you know that he got drunk that day. <laughs> so Dr. Pepper asks, like, did you get drunk to avoid it? And Becca quips, like, yeah, he avoids a lot of things. And then he's like, um, I didn't do it on purpose. So Dr. Pepper asks, like, did you apologize? And he says, yes. And Becca says, yeah, after a producer prompted you to. And I'm like, oh, my God, we need you an after party. Yeah, I'm so excited for her episode because it's been enough of Lauren and Emily speaking for her. But Emily and Becca in the same room. I can't wait for hopefully tea that will be spilled. Um, Austin says that he tries, but he feels like whatever he does is not going to be good enough, or she feels like it's for the cameras, which also I think is valid. I think we're in a case of he said, she said, only the two of them know what's the truth. And I think they're both looking at things from different perspectives that they both think they're right, but who knows what is, but I do think he has a point. Like at this point, even if he does something, she's going to question the intentions of what he's doing and i don't know how they can get into a romantic or into or have sex without it being like okay let's just get it over and done with so let's say we've done it like how do you get over that hump i like how the hump has changed no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) i we just spent like literally 16 weeks talking about sex and this week it wasn't even about that It was about what? I felt like it was more about the way he treats her and talks to her and reacts to her and whether he wants to be around her. Um, this has been the issue. It changes from scene to scene. I was going to say minute to minute, but maybe scene to scene is fair because she talks about the intimacy and then it switches sometimes and she's like, oh, maybe just flirt with me or maybe just hang out with me. And I don't know. But... I feel like this is where I think it was a missed opportunity to delve into what Austin said, where he's being micromanaged because honestly, I think I'm just, maybe it's just an excuse for him, but there could be something there where he's getting big mommy energy and that's just not sexy. Like I don't, I want a wife, not someone who's going to tell me what to do. I don't know. 
Um, <clears throat> but he doesn't say that. He just says, oh, I want to try. He did say it. I just mean earlier when he said, I feel like she micromanages me and she pushes my feelings aside. And then okay. the experts the experts proceeded to push his feelings aside. <laughs> <laughs> and now listen to anything he said. <clears throat> so the pastor Cal asked Becca, do you want this marriage? And she's like, oh, well, I don't know. The conversation in the car is playing in my head. And Pascal is like, no, 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 no. We're talking about the totality of the entire marriage. Like, you know, I know the past week has been a challenge. And she goes, yes. So Dr. Pepper tells Becca that it's wise for her to back away from making, from a decision-making statement. I'm like, oh, my God. This is so exhausting. This conversation was so long, Aid. I'm like, is this ever going to end? And I'm like, oh, wait, there are no other couples. We are going to hear every single detail <laughs> about this. So um, anyways, they go ahead and they say like, oh, Pascal was like the issue or Dr. Pepper, one of them. Well, like the issue is that they don't trust each other and they just need constant reassurance so they can get to that place. Austin is like, yeah, you're right on the money with that. He's just grasping for anything so this can be done with. And honestly, that was the end of the conversation. And then <laughs> we we get another selfie cam of Emily and Brennan basking in their full post-traumatic experience that is we just know it's not it's 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 fake. Not fake on Brennan's part. I'm sure he's doing it, but I'm sure Brennan is like, okay, how much longer before I don't have to do my duty anymore? But yeah. I don't I don't think that. Even after we saw the preview for next week? Okay, well there's that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I just mean, mean like in the moment that Brennan is in right now, I'm just gonna give him some benefit of the doubt that he's really in the moment of like, oh, I need to take care of her. But I don't want to be married to her. Yeah, so when is this not my responsibility anymore? <laughs> I don't think he's thinking like quite like that. Okay. <laughs> you're like going ahead with your delusions <laughs> um i think for me i was disappointed yet again that there was no family i just wanted to know again emily's an after party so maybe we'll get um that but did you call her family like I, i'm just very interested to see that something like this happened and brendan is the only one taking care of her so i mean they do mention that the friends sent stuff but we didn't see any of them um come through Okay, um, Chloe meets up with her friend Caesar, and but she tells him about going to spend time at her apartment, and he asks her like, "Okay, between me and you, were you second guessing your choice?" And she's like, "No," and she goes about it in this long roundabout way that she realized that they align on everything, and you know, but she needed to process this human. How do you process a human? Why can't you just say, I just needed time to think? What is this roundabout way? She needs to process this human they gave her, and she thinks that he needed time too. She said the days gave her time to think about everything she asked for, and every day that passed, she found that she missed him more. And then Cesar says, that's concerning. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and she goes like, uh, she he's like, I think that it's concerning that there's nothing that you're concerned about because at this point, Mac Michael sounds unreal. 
that, you know, he's the kind of guy, he chooses his words wisely and like, do his words speak louder or do they align with his actions? And to me, it's ironic that he's saying that because I think Chloe's the same way. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is the problem? Like, are we so jaded as a society that we just want to find the bad and anything good can't be real? So I just feel like, and I literally wrote down, oh, Cesar has a Jasmine problem where a person gets in trouble for, or gets spoken about in a way because their words are too good. Yeah. I'm something I'm actually pretty confident about is that if a person's words are too good, it'll eventually come out. Eventually. Yep. Maybe not in eight weeks, but it will come out. I'm like, Cesar, you should be worried about your homegirl who on Reddit, they keep on saying she's a paid actress because she's too perfect. <laughs> she's just, I don't, I don't know what it is about Chloe. And I think, again, that's what bugs me. The fact that I cannot get a read on her. Like, what are you? Who are you? But um, here's the thing. I completely get where he's coming from. If I met Michael and Michael kept talking the way he does, and I think we even said that. The first time that we met him, like, how does this man have the right things to say? Keisha even asked him on After Party, like, how have you always known the right things to say? But the thing about Michael is kind of like people who are not obnoxious, but confident. If you can back your shit up, I'm all for it. And so far, Michael hasn't given us any reason. And I think that scene when they were on their honeymoon, when she said, this is too much, I can't process it, I can't whatever... If he was faking, honestly, I don't know that he would have handled that with as much grace as he did in that scene. To me, that's what sold me over. So yes, he talks polished. Yes, he talks a lot and he's always on. But so far, he just comes off as genuine. And I don't know how we can fault somebody for that. I know we live in a crazy world, but we don't we don't have to punish Michael for that. Please, Michael, don't let us eat our words. Thank you. So <laughs> one thing I like about Michael is I think he's very, very clear on the parts of this that he can control <laughs> and the parts that are out of his control. He can't make her stay at the apartment. She don't want to stay. So if she says she's going to go, he isn't going to kick up a fuss. He's yeah. going to try to look for the positive. He's not even like, he, there's no recriminations that he seems to be looking for. He's just yeah. like, well, I guess we'll just have to use this time. Uh, hope it works out. I like that about him. Because I yeah. think he would have been well within his rights to be like, I can't believe she wants to leave. Like, how are we going to grow? She, no, we didn't say any of that. Yep. And this is the equivalent of what I meant when I said, like, Becca should have tried the approach of, okay, if everything else, as they claim, is going right, except the intimacy, I'm going to drop it. I'm just going to leave it or whatever. And like you always say, give it a chance for when the cameras are off. And see what happens. Like maybe intimacy or whatever. But if she tried that approach, instead of just harping on and on and on and on about intimacy, because at that point, harping about it becomes a problem and becomes like a roadblock. Like in that same case, Michael could have done the same thing. Like, oh, she always wants to leave. This is not the first time that she told me she wanted to leave. And he could have just made a big stink about it. And then that will become the focus of everything. But when you let them like keep doing it, because when you sit and analyze like she did, you're not going to fault him or shift the blame to, oh, he made a big deal about this and I just didn't think that was fair. But let them do what they want to do and let them figure it out. 
in that way. So I agree with you. So Chloe says that it's at the back of her mind um, that he always says the right thing, but he has not given her a reason um, to doubt him. So it's at the back of her mind until it's not, which is another thing that confuses me about Chloe is that whenever there's a situation about Michael, she backs Michael up. <laughs> so no matter that she's going home to decompress or anything on after party, when Emily was trying to come for her, she backed him up. And then when, what was it that he said? Oh, that he hadn't told his mom. And she's like, I'm just going to trust the fact that when it's a good time, it's a good time. There's nothing I can do about it. So good for them, I guess. It's just that it's a little hot and cold for me. Um, we see another selfie cam of Emily getting her stitches out. Brennan took her to the hospital and they got it out. Becca and Austin. Austin is doing like a selfie cam telling us that the vibe has changed and everything is improved. And then he lets us know that they are at a spa. I'm like, didn't they just go to a spa three days ago and got massages or whatever? <laughs> They're there again. <laughs> I was confused by this. I, I, I'm like, I guess you can go to the spa whenever you want to. But I'm like, but what's the occasion? Why are we at the spa again? <laughs> Maybe that's their happy place. I don't know. Um, Becca comes in and they get into like a hot tub, but then she has to raise her foot. And I'm like, did she hurt her foot? They didn't make any mention of it. And I was trying to remember when Dr. Pepper and Pascal were there. I couldn't tell if her foot was raised or not. But yeah, I guess she hurt it. I don't know. Did you catch um, it? I didn't, but I noticed that she had a battery pack on her. So I was like, well, she can't go all the way in the water unless oh. it's a waterproof uh, microphone. I did think about that. And then I started thinking about on Love Island, how they make them wear their mics on their neck. And then in Temptation Islands, it's like coral beads or something or whatever that they wear on their neck. I was like, they should think about that. The fact um, that you know all the options. I'm just going to look there. I don't think anyone who's been listening or knows me should be shocked. <laughs> All so, the ways in which you can put a microphone on a person in a bikini, <laughs> Tane knows them. Um, Austin asks if she wants to talk about last night. And I don't know when I said out loud, no, not more talking. I just, there's nothing else to say with this too. And I thought about it and I'm like, if I'm this exhausted listening to it, how do they feel filming it and actually saying the words that, exhaust us and them like kudos to them that's a lot <laughs> okay if you want to give them kudos for forcing us to sit through the same conversation that can't get into specifics ever <laughs> um well she says that she's questioning herself and she's being introspective that she knows she's too sensitive so she needs to um scale back on that and be aware of that and that um he just needs to do better with communicating um, stuff. And all together now, he says that he's committed to trying, but at some point he didn't know if she was. So it's good to hear her say that. And then she reassures him again and says like, you know, the good thing is that I, I know that you're, I believe that you are committed to trying. I don't know what's different this time, but okay, girl, if you like it, I love it. I just get very, very confused by the Austin and Beck conversations. Circles, resolutions that are never resolved. It's just a lot. Never have I ever craved a reunion so bad to see if we get answers. It'll be a damn shame if we don't get answers at the reunion. 
Um, okay. <laughs> like Austin, Austin is literally going to blue ball the audience as well as oh. Becca. Because damn, I'm, damn. I'm, I'm sorry. Because we're waiting and waiting and we're not going to get an answer. I'm going to be very pissed. <laughs> I, You know what? I will say that I have seen some conjecture. And I do think there will be some tea spilled at the reunion. The question is, will it be Austin? Will it be Becca? Or will it be Becca's girls? Oh, I think it'll be absolutely. Well, you're right. You're right. I was going to say for sure it'll be Becca. But if Emily's in the mix, <laughs> my money is on Emily. Because I think we're going to have a bunch of pissed off wives. at the Oh, reunion. yes. Especially after they've gotten the chance to watch it. It's been how many months? And then they're going to see the men band together. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be pretty. Looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. All right, guys, we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. And so is Chloe. She's back in the apartment. What freaks me out about Chloe is how much she likes the dogs. I'm like, is she going to stay married just because he has dogs? And at one point I was like, are her dogs there too? But no, he Michael has two dogs and two cats and it's the animal kingdom in this apartment. I thought one of her dogs was there. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. I thought so the too. But then I didn't, there was no discussion about her bringing the dogs to the apartment. They were going to stay at her cousin. So I was like, wait, what happened? Ah, I thought it was just one. Yeah, don't quote me on that. But like you said, Animal Kingdom. So they're getting ready for their housewarming, which is going to be a 90s themed hip hop party. Which is pretty cool. Okay, it's cool. (laughs) What? (laughs) Were you going to say something else? I, I just, I was like. I I was like, is is this cultural appropriation? Get out of here! <laughs> Get out of here! No, it was <laughs> no, it was not cultural appropriation. It was a pretty good theme. You know what? Of all the parties I've seen on maps, that's the only thing that I could feel like. Oh, that's a party that I would throw if I threw parties like this. Yeah. Um <laughs> and at their age, it only makes sense. Everybody at that age thinks the nineties were like the best. They weren't, um, in my what? opinion. What is wrong with think, you? I don't think the 90s were the best. Um, and I lived through the, them somewhat. They were the best in music and TV. Like any of the 90s music are like the best. So Okay. okay. <laughs> we're all entitled to our opinions. So Chloe is once again doing this thing where she convinces Michael that whatever she wanted or needed was actually what they both wanted or needed. <laughs> so she keeps on saying about the little break she took it's what we needed this is annoying to me because i'm like just own that you needed it why does he have to need it too and he makes a joke about that he went to bed at 9 30 just like her because her habits were rubbing off on him he mm-hmm. says that he missed her but now that she's back he can tell that there's a renewed sense of energy and i will say that i believe him she seems happier 
Yeah, and I like the fact that they were being flirty. Like, that's all I always usually look for in a couple, but I liked it. So for their party food, they have pizza, and I guess for different types of pizza, like different charities are donated to. So he points out which pizza is for the Youth Symphony and which one is for domestic violence um, support. Um, he says, basically, I'm trying to impress you. And she's like, you're impressing me with your charitableness. Don't tell anybody. They have some cuteness. Yeah. Brennan and Emily are up in their kitchen. She's talking about her recovery. He asks if she took her painkillers. She's like, I'm not taking them, but I need Advil. She can't do physical exercise for like two to three weeks. Um, Brennan is like, oh, I'm going to clean since you can't do that. So he cleans because they have a lot of dirty dishes. He mops the floor. Um, She says that you know, the, the type of thing that they went through, it really brings people together. It spreads them apart, but they're together. And he says they've had a lot of support with the experts checking in. And she tells him that him being around has been so good. And he says, I know you would do the same thing for me. Which she says, true. it's very true. And I'm glad he knows it. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I would like to mention that I was very grossed out. I don't know if it's normal, but pouring the mop water in the kitchen sink. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, doesn't that go in the bathroom sink or the utility yeah. room sink or basically any other sink than where I wash my food? Um, <laughs> oh my God. I was so grossed out. I didn't even a mop. I didn't. That's just so much work. Anyways, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> Um, he, she says that this has made me trust you fully. I was like, you never said you didn't trust him before. And he (laughs) says he feels the same, which is (laughs) progress and growth for him. They talk about how they can trust each other more now. I, I'm actually confused as to why her being injured and him being there for her makes him trust her more. I don't get that. It is not growth. Just much like Austin's. Uh, auto response is I'm committed to trying. Brendan's auto response is same. No matter what you say, he'll say same. Because I'm like, you said you don't trust anybody. So like you said, an injury suddenly created trust? No, sir. That's a lie. (laughs) They talk about bringing people together. She says it made her see everything differently. She says it would be great to keep the post-trauma happy vibe going. And as Tane says, he's agreeable. So he says, yeah. (laughs) Cesar and Lauren, who are Chloe's friends, and Paige and Evrim, who are Michael's friends, arrive for the housewarming party. I remember when the MAPS housewarming party would be six friends, eight friends, two friends each. Um, Once again, Chloe's favorite words, she's an introvert. He's an extrovert. She was overwhelmed. When she was overwhelmed, he'd be like, here's a tissue. How can I help? And she's basically saying how great things are going. She says they took a few days apart. Ma'am, that is not what happened. You left for two, three days. She says Michael is wonderful. And Michael says she came back recharged and they have animals. And the recharging so they could be present. And they talk about how you have to fill your own cup. And Evrim says that it's important for him and his wife, Paige. Um, Michael says that they're both so considerate, but that she's more considerate. 
And I love Paige, Michael's friend, because in an interview that was clearly done probably after this whole party was over, she says she thought it was interesting how much in explaining and justifying they did of her leaving for a few days. <laughs> I love Paige for this. Because um, she can see what we can see. Um, mm-hmm. She says they're in the pup, puppy dog phase and that the like once they get past it, that'll be the real test. And I feel like they Frankenstein her words together because I'm probably thinking that she was saying that they're supposed to be in the puppy dog phase now. I don't I don't think her sentences were exactly how she said them, but the part where she said justify and explaining, I I think that was very much what she said and meant. Yeah. I think it was more the facial expression for me. It was almost like while she said it, she was dead panning. Like it was just straight laced, straight face, no emotion as she said it. And that really made me chuckle. So in the meantime, Paige and Everim go outside with Chloe. The, the Chloe talks a lot. She's good for TV because they, you know, they gotta fill in the time. So she says a lot of things. She says nothing is challenging, but you left for two days. But it's a stress test, and she asks how she will navigate Michael when he's not his best self. Like, what are the tips they have for her? And they say there's no such thing as over communication. Don't hold back. You have to speak your mind. Um, they're like, I'm sure you're already doing that. And she says, we're trying, but she's not been a great communicator before. She hasn't been vulnerable in years. And like, this just pushed her to a limit. And that's why she had to take the few days. This is what Paige means by the over-justifying. Um, <laughs> Cesar and Lauren sit down with Michael. Cesar asked if, if her taking those days, did it make him think that she wasn't too into him or she doesn't want it? And Michael's like, he gets it, you know, um, but how can you not feel weird? He trusts that we, he trusts that they will do what they need, feel that they need to do to put their best foot forward in this relationship. I think this was the part where I wish that he was honest and said that he did wonder if she didn't want to spend time with him. Not like I'm saying that he should feed into them trying to find a chink in his armor, but he did think that. So why didn't he just say like, yeah, I mean, a little part of me thought she didn't want to, but at the end of the day, it's best for her to be her best self, you know, for us in this relationship. But yeah, I just thought that. I I, I agree. He could have, he could have said it. Um, But I think, and this is not necessarily a bad thing, Michael's in wait and see mode in a way. He's like, let's put our best selves into this and see what happens. And attributing any type of negative emotion to anything she does, I think he thinks is not part of that plan. Okay. So Cesar asks about disagreements. He says that they haven't encountered any. She's selfless. She puts other people first. But he doesn't want her to overextend herself in these moments. Um, and it's about creating the best environment for love to grow. And he feels confident about the level of effort. We go back to his friends with Chloe and they're talking about how he's good at de-escalating. I, sometimes I'm like, do I know my friends? Would you describe any of your friends as really good at (laughs) de-escalating? Um... 
I think so. One or two. Like, in what context would you use the term de-escalating to describe your friend? Um, In the context that sometimes there are some people who are very reactive and can be emotional about stuff. And when they get turned, you're just like, okay, take it down a notch. You don't have to be. And then you just kind of bring them down um, to regulate. Hmm. Well, I guess Michael's good at that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Michael, uh, Chloe says that she and Michael are people pleasers to the max. And while the de-escalation is good in the short term, it's not great in the long term. And she says they have to be more authentic than they've ever been before. Uh -uh. What did you get out of these friend conversations? Um, I think it was more beneficial for Chloe. I because she took the advice that they actually give later. So yeah, I think that was good advice given. And then with Michael, I think he just didn't bend. They just felt like they were poking to make sure, like, all right, tell us what your flaw is. Tell us what your flaw is. And he wasn't giving them what they wanted, and I kinda like that. <laughs> because it's I don't not- think they're sorry, because I don't think they're helping Chloe. Like, if Chloe already seems like she's not sure where she stands, you saying, like, oh, and she's telling you that this man is everything she wanted, let's ride the wave until the wave peters out, instead of trying to be like, oh, you need to find what's wrong, it's not possible, it's not that. Like, what are you trying to achieve here? So, that's why I liked it. I... I guess, yeah, I guess I liked it. Chloe and Michael in some ways are are so, they're no drama. Because they're neither similar. one of them is very reactive. They're similar. We don't know what they're thinking. We're just hoping for the best here. That's true. <laughs> or maybe they tell us what they're thinking and then we don't believe them. <laughs> so <laughs> we do a dual meetup. Cameron and Brennan meet up and Claire and her mom meet up. (laughs) Cameron and Brennan sit down and Brennan says that Cameron looks good for someone who's been in and out of the hospital for two or three weeks. This is news to us, the viewer. Because the way it's been presented over the past few weeks is he went in for a procedure and then that was done. Not like, Mm -hmm. oh, he went in and then this has been a thing where he's been in and out of the hospital for the past two or three weeks. And quite frankly, I was a little disgusted with Married at First Sight. I was like, if this poor man has been in and out of the hospital, why is he filming your TV show? That's true. Um, The way he presented it, though, was that it was a heart, heart surgery. So he explains to us the difference between an atrial fibrillation, I think it's called, and an atrial Mm -hmm. flutter. And the atrial flutter is much less common, um, which is actually, I was like, wow. Um, I think the part that like, I was like, oh, Cameron was when he said the chances of him mountain biking this year are zero. It's only like February and he loves biking. I was like, oh, poor Cameron. (laughs) I know. Much like Emily, I'm glad he made it out okay. We don't have like all of the details of what he went through, but... Um, I think he's giving us proof that he really didn't want to see Claire because you couldn't see her, but you could film with Brennan and you could barely breathe. So I don't know. 
He says that he's either doing nothing or in the hospital. So whatever's going on with him sounds quite serious. Once again, I ask, why is he filming? But Tane is asking the better questions. Why is he filming with Brennan instead of Claire? (laughs) So Claire's with her mom sitting in the clubhouse or in the apartment. I don't know where she is. And she says she wants to be there from people, but he doesn't want that from me. And her mom is like, well, when I had cancer, you know, you just tend to isolate. Claire says it's hard to know what to do. I feel like if someone says in every way, shape or form possible, leave me the hell alone. That's what you should be doing. And it's not hard to know. Last I checked, the relationship (laughs) was done. Why are we still on this? Cameron is telling Brennan. What's, you know, when Cameron describes Claire's actions, I feel like he describes them so nicely. Yeah. When they're not. So he's like, yeah, she's been off doing all these things without me. She spends a lot of time talking to you guys. She's growing and maturing in her feelings. And then she talks to me and she wants me to, to see how he's grown and changed and matured. But that's not something that's been progressing with thing. And he thinks it's hard for her. That's very magnanimous of him. Very. <laughs> Brennan asks if she's trying to get him back or reconcile. Cameron's like, I don't know. She's coming at things like there was an attraction and there wasn't. So then he has to stop talking and he's like, I I think his I think he has an Apple Watch that's helping him manage his condition because I think the watch gives him an alert that he needs to like calm down. And so he's like, I can't talk for long periods. And Brennan, Brennan is very sweet. He goes, take your time. Um, I think Brennan might be clutch if you're sick. Um, I think I shouldn't say anything about this scene because I don't. It's not over yet, though. So (laughs) he describes him and Claire's relationship as a crumbling sandcastle that he couldn't put back together. And he's getting confused because. He's like packing up the apartment and she's getting all emotional. And he's like, is it emotional because it's a big moment? Or is it emotional because you don't actually want me to leave? And he's just not sure how that's going to go down. Claire once again does her Cameron spiel. I can't really repeat it. He's great. He's a great human being. Husband and wife isn't the correct title for their relationship. It makes her sad, blah, blah, blah. Um, Poor Cameron's over there with his heart condition, trying to tell us that he's confused. He doesn't know if she wants to stay together. But he says something about decision day. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. (laughs) Yeah, we see them in the previews. These two are going to decision day to do what? But he says if she wants to stay together on decision day, he's not going to leave her out to dry. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, first, you guys are going to decision day. Second day, you guys already broke up. What is there to go to decision day to do? Remember I was saying that I didn't see Emily and Brennan? I think that's who I said. I can't remember. But I saw Claire and uh, Cameron. I, so I think they're filling time? <laughs> I, I, get, I think that they were going to find themselves in a situation where only one couple showed up to decision day, so they told the others they needed to come to. Well, then why wouldn't Lauren and Orion be there? They had to fill in a couple couples. (laughs) They didn't have to fill in with everybody. Uh, These jokers are wasting our time. 
Brennan tells Cameron that he should make sure that she's comfortable to express herself. So there's no confusion. I actually don't know what he means by this. It means like, bro, why are you saying yes when you know you don't want to be married? Like, what are you saving <laughs> this for? Like, what are we doing here? It's not a game. Listen, let's go back to that scene where he couldn't breathe and he couldn't. If you're in a situation where you might not have enough oxygen to talk, why are you filming? I know we already asked that question before, but here's the thing about Cameron. From jump, we've been a little iffy. Like we know the things he says, but we've been a little iffy about what is true and what isn't. And I'm hoping to God that he was not playing this up you know, for the camera, because the way he was talking about, oh, maybe I couldn't breathe because of the stress, because of the thing. I don't kind of like the the inferring that, oh, I may be sick because of Claire. This is a thing that you chose to be in. And with that comes the choice that it may or may not work. The same thing could have happened to you, even if it was someone that you dated. So that kind of sat uneasy um, with me. But he mentioned something in passing that would be easy to miss. He said, you know, there was something we had, but something we struggled with early on. And then he just moved on. And the first thing that came to mind was what Claire said was that he would never sleep with someone who has a big butt. And he did not find her attractive. But he was very vague about what they struggled with early on that they couldn't move past. And I'm like, Cameron, what exactly is that? that you're referring to. Did you catch that? I did. Um, I think the great mystery of the reunion is where someone's going to say that someone says something. And then they're going to say, I never said that. And I think there's going to be a lot of he said, she said at the reunion. Do you think we are going to include after party clips at the reunion? Because, you know, no. as we- <laughs> Then what is the point? All the juicy stuff was an after party. It was two different shows. Half the stuff they said on after party was not on the actual show. Yeah, because and I, I don't think it'll be making appearance on on the reunion. Well, that's going to be crazy because on the actual show, Claire is crying about Cameron and he's a great guy. But on after party, she tried to have sex with him. He said no. He said he would never have sex with her, and he thinks that he made her do stuff. So. We're going to have a disingenuous reunion <laughs> if we don't include it. Well, I hope I, so. I, I feel like what is more likely to happen is that Claire is going to say the stuff that she said on After Party, um, but she's going to say it on the reunion. So she's going to be like, or or one of her girls or one of the posse will be like, well, you said that you weren't attracted to da da da. You know, like, I feel like that's where we're going with this. I mean, my real question is, when is the reunion? But Lord knows when we'll find out about that. Um, Does anybody know? (laughs) (laughs) So Chloe and Michael go to the boxing gym that Michael goes to. Kenny is the owner. He seems nice. Michael gets to instruct her in boxing. I think he's a good teacher. Um, He also takes the opportunity to get a little handsy. Um... (laughs) After they box a little and not actually box, you know, like, you know, jab or whatever it is. Um, you guys should have seen me. I'm sitting here like a T-Rex trying to mimic what jabbing is like, as if you can see me. Um, 
Chloe says that it's a turn on watching him be sexy in the ring. And Michael says that he's enjoying it. It heightens the attraction. So they have like an after talk where she talks about him being a people pleaser and that he wouldn't admit to it. And this is what her his friends told her. So she says that she needs to dig in if he's feeling that sort of way. And she wanted to talk about what he needs from her and talks about how he's been a rock, but here's her trying to be a better partner. And I want you to be like, you got to chill wife, which is like really cute. And then yeah. he, he doesn't, he's like, I won't fully deny being a people pleaser, but he didn't feel like her slack over the past period of time. I think they've been married for maybe a week at this point was mm-hmm. beyond his capacity. Um, so he's trying to be mindful of his communication with her, um, but they can step back and take a moment to pause. You know, now that you just said a week, given that, yes, she's an introvert, I laugh, but I mean, I understand where she's coming from. They went through a lot. So they went through a wedding, then they went through a, a honeymoon. Then they had to go to couples retreat. Then they had to move in. That's a lot if it's a week. <laughs> I'm going to say 10 days. Let's say there can't be more than 10 days that they have known each other. Okay. Still a lot. So, and then for her, it'll be like double what it would be like. I mean, I still say like you knew what you were signing up for, but it's a uh, double speed, I guess. And it's not like they got to have like a honeymoon with like the sun, the sand, and to chill and all that. It was like cold and they had to drive. <laughs> and they were there for like maybe two days, not even. Days. Exactly. So. So next is Emily and Brennan on a video call with all three experts. Dr. Pepper says that the picture's worth writing. And I was like, they didn't send you any video? Um... Emily says that she's on the road to recovery. Pastor Cow asks if she's okay. She says it was traumatic and she's thankful to be alive, which I'm, I think is very legitimate and not dramatic in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. If that helmet had not been on, if the helmet had not been on correctly, she really could be dead. Um, yeah, and just because Emily's smiling through and powering through, we should not, again, underestimate what she survived, to be honest. And, like, she is, I will also give her props. Like, she has this huge, like, shaven part of her head. And I don't know if she had professional help, but she's doing a great job of covering it up. Sometimes I forget that it's there. Yeah, I keep wondering where it is. Like, on one hand, it's on the side of her forehead. Then I'm like, is it on her head? But, yeah, you're right. I kept wondering, like, oh, where is it exactly? I think she's doing creative things with her part to cover it up. Hmm. Dr. Pia gets on and says she's very impressed with how she's handling it and how is she still participating in anything. They ask Brennan about his vicarious trauma. He's like, it was a lot to see someone you care about. Note the word choice. Emily says that she was very scared for a sec and she tells him about Brennan telling her that she would be okay. She says he doesn't do well with blood, but he stepped up. Dr. Pia asked what they've learned about each other and they said it brought them closer together in a new way. I think Emily said that because Brennan wouldn't because it didn't. This whole, I mean, they have this whole conversation with the three experts and it's about the experts trying to act like this accident has somehow changed the terms of Emily and Brennan's relationship, but not pushing too hard because they are dealing with the walking wounded here. 
<laughs> like there's all this discussion about trust and intimacy and you know, does it make you feel anything different now that you've been through this traumatic experience? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Emily expressing her appreciation again that Brennan has been there for her and he's been amazing. In an interview, she says she's hoping they can keep it going moving forward. And she says that it's she sees that he does care about her and it's sad that it took her hitting a tree to have this bonding experience. But it came at a good time so they can see things clearly. Uh, Pastor Cal says that they're that he's proud of them, that they're looking at the value of each other and the courage you found in yourself, and you're doing great in our estimation. So the experts just don't push them too hard to talk too much about their actual relationship. And Emily says things that make me think that she's losing her mind and thinks that anything about this accident has changed whether Brennan actually wants to be married to her. And Brennan just says his own truth with the least amount of words possible. Because he knows that he should, and I think he's, you know, good to be there for her through this particular experience. But this means nothing for their marriage. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Mm-hmm. She just needs to get on board. I don't know. But again, if she didn't see it before the accident, I don't know how being in this quote unquote happy place would make her see it. And did she, at some point during this episode, or maybe it was in a preview, I don't know. I think it was during the episode, she just talks about how they've gone back to the good days. Like the first week that she's always referring to or the honeymoon where things were good and that this experience has brought them back there. That to me was the scariest part where I was like, he's just being extra nice to you because you just got really hurt. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. I think it makes him a somewhat decent person because some people, you could get your head bashed in and they'll still be an ass. <laughs> yep. So uh, he's being a decent person, but he doesn't want to be married to you. Those are two different things. But also we're saying decent person. Like literally, like let's not forget, he is her husband. It's the least he could do. <laughs> like... You have to be a really terrible person if you're not going to be there. Like, even if you're a friend or whatever, but in this case, you are her husband. You should be doing this, regardless of how you feel. Okay. But, like, he should do this because he's her husband. But even if he was just her friend, or I don't know, these are the same standards of behavior. Yes, I'm just saying, like, this is why I hesitate to give him props. (laughs) Because, at the very least, as a decent human being, this is what anyone should do. I'm not saying everyone would do it. I get it. But just because everyone wouldn't do it, I still, I I hesitate to give him props for doing it. For doing what you're supposed to do. You're like, no one gets credit for doing what you're supposed to do. Exactly. I I think, yeah, I I co-sign. All right. Tane, who has your bouquet for this week? My bouquet goes to Michael. They tried to break him down and he was like, na, 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 not today. And he stood his ground. And yes, I understand where they're coming from. Like, how can someone have perfect answers? How can someone be the king of Ninja Nation? How can someone be so understanding? Like, where is your flaw, sir? But until it comes out, you're going to deal. And I appreciate that. 
for holding his ground. Who has yours? I'm going to give it to Paige. <laughs> for that <laughs> one comment alone, there's a lot of justifying. I was like, thank you, Paige, for being the good chorus <laughs> and speaking for all of us. <laughs> Tane, who has your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes goes to Chloe because it's hot, it's cold. I don't know what's going on, but mostly I think a math's cardinal rule is you do not pack your bags and go to your apartment. You signed up for the experience through thick and thin in the real world. There is nowhere that you're going to go during the wedding. So she gets my burnt ashes for taking a few days to cool off. Who has yours? Austin. <laughs> I'm really tired of this. Because I, he's really messing with Becca's head. Because yeah. she's saying things like, I just need to trust that you really desire me. And I'm like, no, you really shouldn't. You really shouldn't. I don't think Austin is very trustworthy. Either he's confused in his own mind and he's leading her on, or he knows that he doesn't want anything to do with her and that's why he won't have sex. And he does this like, I'm in and I'm out and I'm in and I'm out. I do have to give an honorable mention. Well, no, no, that's okay. So my burnt ashes is Austin. No, please go ahead. Honorable mention. I, I hesitate to give a burnt ashes to the walking wounded. I have deep sympathy for him. I can't believe he's not going to be able to do his favorite hobby for like a whole year. I feel terrible for him. But for coming on this TV to talk as if you and Claire might be saying yes on decision day, I do have to give my burnt ashes to Cameron. Honorable mention. So sorry, sir. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. Don't forget that we are going to do Love is Blind on Patreon. We've already done episodes one through six, so we'll be doing seven through nine. Check us out. And we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe as we're trying to settle into a schedule so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Please give us a five-star review if you're inclined on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Don't forget, we have a special guest while Aid is frolicking in the sea next week. And we will see you then. Bye, guys. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.